Good morning, y'all. Oh, you guys are still, I know, I know, I know, I know. Christmas is gone. We don't know what to do with our hands. We're like, man, we did that, right? We've been sleeping for the past week, right? Good morning. Oh, that was a little bit better. It's okay. Y'all, I am so excited to be up here this morning to uh, uh, talk to y'all on a very special day on New Year's Eve. It's not quite Christmas Eve or Christmas, but, you know, it's a day we all think about and know about. It's a day that goes on the calendar. It becomes a special day. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about, because it's New Year's Eve and New Year's is coming, about plans that don't go quite to plan right? We've all had those moments in our lives, right? How many of you have had a plan that you worked on really hard and it didn't quite work out? Any of you? Yes. All right. Some of you, some of you, some of you guys, I need help planning my stuff if it goes exactly to plan. But uh, along with that, you know, every time you think of planning and when you're making all these plans or putting stuff on your calendar, there's always three things. It always comes down to three things that mess up everything for you. Right. So if your plans, raise, I'm going to ask you guys to raise your hand. I'm the youth pastor here, and so I do a little bit of, you know, uh, you know, interactive things. So if I ask you to raise your hand, it's okay. You can raise your hand, right? Uh, I, that's what I do sometimes to keep them all awake. So it's okay. I'm going to keep you guys awake this morning. But if you've ever had your plans, okay, disrupted or derailed because of sickness, raise your hand. Yes. Okay, good. Good. What about weather? Oh, yeah, nothing you can do about that one, right? Last one. Can anybody guess what the last one is that derails your plans and is almost like clockwork? Children. There we go. Children. There we go. The ones of you who have had that experience, right? You know, children will destroy all of your plans. And so as I was thinking about today's passage and our theme and what we're going over uh, today, uh, Michelle was telling me about this news story that I just had to read and I wanted to share with you guys. And it's about plans that did not go accordingly. I don't know how many of you guys read this story or saw the story, but there was a cruise ship out of New York right, that was uh, supposed to take a lot of people to warmer weather. You know, uh, us people from Texas, right, I wouldn't mind going to a colder weather and seeing snow for Christmas, right, uh, like that's something that would be awesome. You, you, we, we sing about white Christmas and we talk about this. Uh, my daughter, right, she woke up on Christmas and she was like, Daddy, is it snowing outside? Because that's what we know Christmas to be, right? Like we would go to snowy places. People who live in colder weather, they're like, no, we're done with this. Let's spend Christmas down somewhere where it's warm, where we can put our swimsuits on and jump into some water, right? That's what these people were doing from New York. They had this trip scheduled to go down to Florida and the Bahamas and see all of that and spend some awesome quality Christmas time at the beach, right? How great does that sound for some of you, right? I think, you know, like I said, I would prefer to go see snow, but they'd rather go there. And then something crazy happens on that week. It's like we know, right, weather down here, there was a tropical storm that happened. And so this cruise line said, we definitely cannot go down to the warmer weather. Like, we just cannot go there. We're blocked. We can't make it through the storm. And we're not going to be able to be there. And so we're going to give you guys a couple of options. They told all the people, basically day before, they told them, they said, we can give you a full refund, and you can reschedule your trip for another time, or you can go on a trip to a different destination, 
right? So some people decided, well, you know, if I already drove out to get on the ship, I already got my bags packed and everything, where are we going? And they said, good news, we're going to even colder weather to New England and up into Canada for this cruise ship, right? And so they go, and some people, like, reading through the story, like, people went through Walmart, and they went to all these other stores just to buy anything cold weather related that they could buy, a jacket, a hat, gloves, and they got on this cruise ship and went from cold weather to colder weather, completely different from what they, what they had imagined, and man, it was crazy. I was reading and seeing some of the pictures, like people still wearing their swimsuits with a jacket over it because that's all they had. I was like, talk about your plans going completely sideways. That, you know, it's a pretty common part, like I said, of making plans. There's always, in my family, we don't plan too far ahead uh, with ourselves. We're like, well... We don't really know what's going to happen on that day. We don't know how the kids are going to feel. We don't know if JJ's going to take a nap or not, because if he doesn't take a nap, you know, forget everything else, right? He is a terror. He's great for y'all. I wish I would come to my house whenever y'all are watching him, because he's great for y'all and a terror for us. We're like, you know, if he doesn't take a nap, we don't know if we're going to be able to make it, right? And, and I know we've all experienced our plans get derailed, because, you know, a couple of years ago, we all had at least six months of our year completely derailed by a pandemic, right? Like we've seen that and we've experienced those things and we know how we feel when those things happen. And today's passage is about uh, Paul making a couple of plans, right, for the people of Rome. And that's where we're going to be this morning in Romans 15. Uh, and we're going to read verses 22 to 26 first here, where we, we see Paul making plans to visit the people of Rome. And it says like this, This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you. Once I have enjoyed your company for a while, at present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contributions for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. You see, when we read the story of Paul in the book of Acts, we see kind of what's unfolding at this time. See, Paul, it's been about, sometimes we'll tell you, it's, it's like six or seven years since the last time that Paul was actually in Rome. Uh, and even when he was in Rome, he was imprisoned in Rome, uh, you know, and that's when he wrote a couple of letters during that time, but he hadn't been to Rome in a while. And he'd been wanting to see them. That's why he's writing this letter. Uh, he's touching base with them, talking to them, and he wants to let them know, hey, I plan to come see you guys soon. He's been busy, right? We know Paul, right? He has been going all over the world. And up to this point, he had been in the east, in Macedonia and Asia, sharing the gospel. You know, he was like, man, I, I really want to come see you guys, but there's such a great task at hand that I have to go share the gospel to all these Gentiles who do not know Christ, who need to be directed and pointed towards him so that they can be a part of his blessing. But he says, but I long to come to see you all. And, and he knew that the work that he was doing was great, but he wanted them to know that, I re that he really, really wanted to see them. He wasn't doing away with them. He wasn't forgetting about them, right? He was like, I really want to see you all. 
And then we keep going. We'll re keep going here. And it's verse 26, start there again. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For the Gentiles that come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. If you uh, underline or highlight whatever in your Bibles, verse 29, right? That's such a great passage for this morning. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. You see, Paul, Paul knows and he's lived this life where, you know, uh, he's ready to do anything for the gospel. He's ready to be in prison. He's ready to die. He's ready to do all of those things. He's like, but I, I know that when I come to you, right, I know that all the plans that I make, I know everything that happens, right, when I get there, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. See, have you ever longed for something so much that you just could not wait for it? And you knew that when it finally happened, it was going to be just a glorious day, right? You ever experienced that? Maybe on Christmas morning, you had been asking for something so much, right? And you waited. Maybe when you were younger, you were looking for that toy, right? Or, or, or that video game system, whatever it was. And you just knew when Christmas gets here, when Christmas gets here, right? Uh, and you just wait, you just can't wait, you just can't wait. And, and some of us, right, would go looking uh, for presents in the closets and garage and attic and trying to figure out where they were. Now with my kids, I'm like, nope, they're all under the tree because I don't want you looking. I just want you to know that they're there. But we were just looking and looking, trying to make sure that we got what we had been waiting for. And it was an awesome thing when we did get what we wanted, and it was a not-so-awesome thing when we didn't get what we wanted, right? But, but it's plans like that, right? It's like you long for something. You just know it's going to be amazing when it finally happens. You just know that it's going to be a full moment. It's going to be a complete moment. It's going to be everything you ever hoped for. See, when I was uh, growing up uh, back in Mexico, because I was born in Mexico, uh, uh, so back in Mexico, we uh, had this, uh, uh, this tradition on New Year's Eve. We loved New Year's Eve. Like Christmas was awesome and great and big, and it led up to everything. But New Year's Eve, it was a party. Right? It was great. Like my family knew firework makers. Any of you know firework makers? We got all the kinds of fireworks. How I have all my fingers and toes and I can barely hear you is a mystery, but we pop fireworks like crazy, right? Like we were just like everywhere, just popping fireworks and making all the noise that we possibly could and doing everything that we possibly could. And it was just an awesome, awesome experience, right? Like, of course, there's, there's several things that go on at New Year's Eve that we all have, but I personally couldn't wait to share all of those things with my children. I was like, man, I get to share these traditions with them, and, and they get to experience what I've experienced, and they get to do the things that I did, and it's going to be so much fun, right? 
Like I remember some of the traditions that we had, as some of you guys probably have those as well, right? Poppy fireworks, anybody ever pop fireworks for New Year's, right? Wait till midnight, you pop all the fireworks, it's awesome, right? How about this? How many of you know about the grapes of fortune? Yes, anybody grapes? Yes. So in, in our tradition, you get 12 grapes, right? The real tradition, right, is that wherever you live, you'll hear the bells from the tower, right? And they'll go off, and when it's midnight, it goes off 12 times. So the real tradition is that you get these 12 grapes, and the way that you get to fulfill these things is that you got to eat one for every strike of the bell. That's a lot. That's really fast. Nobody does it. If you want to live, you take your time and still just pretend like you're doing it that way, right? But that was one of the things where I was like, man, 12 grapes, that was awesome. That was so much fun, right? Uh, and, like, that's what we wanted to do. I was like, I can't wait to share that tradition with my children. Another one that we had, and I don't know how many of you have it, but in our, tra in our tradition, uh, a clean house. Uh, you started out the year with a clean house, right? And so my parents, my family, we would be doing everything to clean the house. Under the bed, like it was the one time when we moved the couches, right, and clean the you know, we, my mom probably did that, but we did that on that day, right? We made sure all the baseboards, all the ceilings, everything was super clean because they're like, we're going to start the new year with a clean house, right? And so we had all our brooms and everything and doing all this. It's like, man, and it was so much fun. My mom would be playing music while we were doing it, and my dad was cooking, and we were done cleaning. We'd make a mess because we ate all this food, but it was awesome, right? And then there was some really weird ones, right? Uh, like one of the weird ones was like, you know, depending on what color underwear, depends on different kind of luck you have. I, don't ask me about that one. It's weird. But I was like, man, that's so awesome. That's so much fun, right? Uh, and so, like, I remember thinking, I cannot wait till I have my own children and I get to have these experiences with them and pass them on to them and I can finally experience everything and have just as much fun, if not more, than when I was a little kid. But of course, we have children, and lives kind of change a little bit. And for the past six years with children, uh, ask me what my tradition is. We are in bed by 8.30, right, just praying to God that people stop popping fireworks so close to our house and don't wake up our children. And we had a neighbor who, like, really, like, partied it up, and they had music. And it was like, well, there's no point calling the cops. It's New Year's Eve, right? Like, they are having fun, but please don't wake up my kids, Right. And so we'd celebrated New Year's at 8, and then we'd go to bed, and that's about all that we did. So forget all those other traditions that we wanted to pass along. Like, I longed to pass those along. And I was like, it's going to be so awesome when it finally happens. Right? It's going to be great. Like, it's going to be this amazing experience. They're going to get to share in my culture, in the things that I grew up. They get to experience those things. But, of course, plans change. You see, Paul was no stranger to plans changing on him. His entire story, his conversion story, if you go to Acts chapter 9, like it is all about his life being completely derailed from what he used to be. See, the guy was the Jew of Jews. He was the, the chief executor, uh, uh, right, uh, uh, executor of the church. He was ready to just destroy the church and, and just put an end to Christianity and do all things. He oversaw the killing of Stephens, and, and even then he was on his way to persecute the church in Damascus when all of a sudden God intervened and changed his plans. So big a change in plans that then Saul got a new name and became Paul. 
And so having known this and knowing this, you know, while he's making plans, he makes sure to tell the people, hey, these are my plans, but listen to what he says on verses 30 through 33. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with the joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. He says, man, I got all these great plans when I come see you guys. It's going to be a joyful time. It's going to be a great time. But just pray that all of these other things go accordingly. Right? And so if we read in Acts 22 and you move forward through there and kind of see the timeline there, you see his path towards uh, Rome. And it doesn't necessarily go in what we would consider a blessing or a complete or a full time on his way he gets to jerusalem and of course when he gets to jerusalem he spends some times with with his, the believers there and then he goes to the temple and when he gets to the temple people recognize him and they were waiting for him and they arrest him and they send him off to trial and so, you know, now he's arrested and he's off to trial and, and, you know, nobody sees anything wrong with him. But the Jews, you know, they're like, no, 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 no. This guy's really doing bad things. So they send him to another trial and they keep moving him around from place to place. And he's having to defend himself and defend what he's doing over and over and over again. Like nothing went according to plan after that. And then at the very end, like... You know, to spoil the story, he never makes it to Spain. He does get to Rome, but when he gets to Rome, right, on his way there, he's on a ship, and the ship is going down, and there's this, there's this storm that happens, right? And we all know the story. The storm happens, and, and, and Paul's in the boat, and then, of course, nothing goes to plan, so he ends up shipwrecked on an island. And it's like, oh, man, like where else are we going? How else are we going to get our path to where we need to be? You see, it's, it's really a crazy story. Like I, I, we took uh, uh, some time in March, and we got an RV, and we were traveling around uh, to different places, and, and we were seeing different state parks and things like that. And the whole time I was like, oh, man, this is where we want to go. But then we looked at our map, it was like, oh, this is where we ended up, right? Like, it never went according to plan. Like, we were like I, I had a plan. I was like, I'm, we're going to stop here because I want to see this. We're going to stop here because I want to do that. And then we're finally going to make it to Palo Duro Canyon. We're going to see this and this and that, right? We're going to take a hike, and we're going to go all the way to see the lighthouse at, at Palo Duro Canyon, right? Uh, and, and then we finally take our trip and everything and the month before that michelle had had surgery on her achilles because she tore her achilles so when we go on our hike right we get to like halfway down the hike we can see the lighthouse rock formation from afar and we're like far enough you know we can't make it any farther let's go back right uh we take a smaller hike of course and we're like let's ride our bikes and 
we didn't really look at the map to see what kind of bike ride this was going to be. And so the kids were on their bikes as well. And so we're going, going, going. Then we get up to like this really steep thing. I was like, this, this is supposed to be easy. And Alan's like, I can't really pedal up this thing, Daddy. And so I'm carrying both bikes. And then Michelle's trying to get her bike. And I'm like, I cannot carry another one. <laughs> it's like, man, we finally get through everything. So we take the road back to the end of the trail. And we're like, hey, we made it to the end of the trail. Let's ride back to our camper, right? It's like we go around and around and around and just through all of these troubles before we get to our final destination. <laughs> and such was with Paul. He was going and going. He ends up shipwrecked. He finally gets through the boat, right, on another boat. He finally gets to Rome. And when he gets to Rome, he's imprisoned as well. He's on house arrest. So he has to have a guard with him, and he can't leave there. And then he ends up having to rent his place there, and he lives there a couple of years. And that is where he passes, right? So it's like, man, all of that time, all that he spent, all that he did, in my mind, would I consider that to be the fullness of the blessing of Christ? See, for us, a lot of times when things get derailed, when things go wrong, when things don't go according to plan for us, right? I don't know about y'all. For us, right, we get really frustrated and we get really mad and the kids just say, Hey, Daddy, just stop talking to me. Wait, I'm trying to figure something out, right? Because we're like, man, this, like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is not going how we want it to go. And we get frustrated, and we get to the end, and when we finally get to our destination, right, we're all having to, like, take a whole, like, you know, a couple of hours to, like, settle ourselves down before we get happy again and enjoy whatever it is that we were going to do, right? And it's like, man, this was not a fun trip. Or, you know, you have those moments when you have to stop every hour because the kids have to use the restroom or whatever it might be. And it's like, this was not fun, right? Or, or you think you're going to do something really cute, right? And, and then the kids just decide to have a meltdown and it just doesn't look right. And it's like, man, this was not what I expected, right? I don't, not always do I consider the derailed parts of my trips, of my time, to be the fullness of the blessing of Christ. But when we read through the book of Acts and all that Paul was going through, it's so interesting that in the end, verse 29, 15, 29, is true. Not because he had the perfect trip, not because everything went according to plan, because we know it didn't. Not because nobody tried to kill him. Not because he didn't get arrested. Not because he'd never made it to Spain. Not because of anything other than at every stop, in everything that he did, he always praised God and he always shared the gospel. He never stopped telling people how great God was. He never stopped telling people how good he was and how much he could overcome and all the blessings and all the goodness that not only had he brought to him, but that he had in store for everybody around him. Even when they were going down on that ship, he said, my God is so good, he will spare us. And at the end, they tried tying everybody up and they said, well, Paul, Paul knows something differently. Instead of putting him in a real prison, they just gave him a guard. They said, no, 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 he's good. 
And he continued to share the gospel regardless. Even when he knew that's the reason he was being persecuted, he told the Jews about Christ. And he told them about how God had changed his life. And he always shared, and he always spread the news, and he always, always, always told people the gospel. We have these letters, we have so much of this New Testament because of the work that Paul did. You see, he knew that he might get arrested. He knew that people might try to kill him. He knew that all these things might happen, but he was willing and ready to give it all up as long as people heard the good news of Christ. That's the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Not that our plans go accordingly, but that God is glorified. That his purpose and his will is done through the good, the bad, the ugly, the terrible, the sad, the happy. That in everything, people know of his goodness and his love. I have a picture for you guys. We'll see in a little bit. Because uh, uh, I wanted to try to figure out what's one good way that I can explain visually what this looks like. Uh, there's this, I'm not a big history buff or anything like that, but when I was uh, in elementary school, I did uh, picture memory for UIL. Anybody did picture memory for UIL? I was the only weird one. Great. Perfect. Uh, and so what it was is that you saw the picture, you memorized everything about the picture, you'd go in this room, they'd give you a flashcard, and you had to tell them all the information you possibly could about pictures. And, you know, and it was just one of those things where it was like, it was just memory, right? Like memorizing the pictures and why they did the stroke and why they did all these other things, right? As soon as I could get away from it, I was like, I'm done. But there were some pictures in there that I still remember. And this one that we're going to see in just a little bit, not yet, uh, is one of my favorite ones that we saw. Uh, it's very amusing. It's kind of puzzling. It's a little bit weird. Uh, but, you know, when you see it, right, it, you're, it's one of those things where, you're like, you can't unsee it. And, and when you know the moment behind it and the history behind it, you're like, oh, that makes total sense. And that is the best way you could represent this moment. The picture is called The Treaty of Paris by Benjamin West. And we'll put it up here on the screen for you guys to see. Uh, and so if you look at the picture, what is the big thing you notice about it? It's not done, <laughs> right? Like, look, that's, you, you guys recognize that's, right? Uh, ben Franklin, John Adams right there. And, and so you see, he's not even, his leg's not even completely finished. And of course, there's this whole area that's not done at all. So what happened was, you know, if you know the story, the, the British did not recognize uh, the separation of the United States until this, this treaty was, uh, was uh, put into place and was signed and, and, and taken care of, Right? And so they sent them over to, uh, to sign this treaty. And whenever Benjamin gets there, he starts drawing. And, of course, the delegates of the British nation get there. They see the signing, and they leave, right, before they could get painted onto this painting. They just took off. They said, no, we don't want any part of this, right? And so Benjamin West, of course, is, like, trying to figure out, like, what, what do I do? I have this painting, and... They all left, so I can't really capture who was there. You know, he, he was trying to make sure he got everybody that was in the picture, but they just took off and left. And, and so he got a little frustrated, and then he realized, you know what? 
this is it, right? And he gives it to John Adams, and John Adams, he's like, this is the greatest picture ever. And so he takes it, and he puts it in his house, and ended up, at some point it ended up in the White House as well, and now it's just in some museum. But the picture, right, it really captures the true nature and the real purpose, right, of what was happening here. Of course, the British weren't going to wait to be painted and left on this image that's going to forever be ingrained in people's minds. Like, nobody wanted to know. It's like, we're the ones that were there when we lost America, right? Like, nobody wanted to be there, right? It's like, no, we'll just leave. We don't want to be painted. And, and that picture really, really shows what's really happening in the story, right? In this historic moment, Benjamin West says, this, this has real purpose. This has real meaning. We won. They lost. This is what it should look like. To many, it might look like it's unfinished, but to a lot, they're like, that is exactly what we needed. See, sometimes it is such with our lives. It looks like a mess. It looks unfinished. We're not sure if we're even heading in the right direction. And whenever things get derailed and things start going on, right, we're like, should we even continue on this path? Should we even keep going? Is it even worth keeping going? When weather happens, when sickness happens, when children happen, when life happens, when tragedy strikes, when sad moments happen, when things don't just derail our trip, but they derail our entire lives. It's a, such a dull moment, such a sad moment for many. But in Paul's life, he said, this is an opportunity to go on forward with the fullness of the blessing to go on forward with the gospel. Not because everything went perfectly according to plan, but because people can hear the gospel. Because I can share that moment with others. Because others can know how good God has been. Such a wonderful, wonderful thing that Paul reminds us of. I uh, don't know how your year has gone this year, and you don't have a lot of time to fix what happened this year. I don't know if it was just bad turns, bad decisions, tragedy, whatever it might have been. I don't know how next year will go. If we'll have another pandemic, I don't know what will happen. I don't even know what will happen after the service. But I do know all that God has done in my life. I do know how good he has been to me. I do know that he truly is worth it all. That he is worth the highest of highs, the happiest of moments. He is worth even the lowest of lows in our lives. He is worthy of everything. And if he is worthy of everything, we should not hide that. We should share that. 
that you'd show others that even through the good, even through the bad, even through everything that goes on, the gospel is real, the gospel is true. That God has overcome, not just in our lives, but in this world, and can overcome for all those here as well. That is the fullness of the blessing of Christ. That his name be glorified. That his will be done. And that others may come to know him and love him because of all that he's done in our lives and all that he can do in the lives of those around us. We have little over 12 hours left in 2023 and that's crazy to say because it feels like yesterday was June 5th and I was starting here at Parkway Church and time goes by so quickly but I know that day in and day out I have an opportunity you have an opportunity to show others who God is show others how good he is how kind he is how gracious he is how loving he is showing that even though our lives are messed up and this world is messed up and though even sometimes things don't go according to plan he is worthy of our worship especially when things don't go to plan because in a broken world where we experience so much hatred and pain and tragedy we need God to look up to. We need God to look forward to. We need hope. If you've not accepted Christ in your life, if you've been thinking about it, don't let another moment go by without the fullness of his blessing in your life. And in this next few minutes where you are, in a minute we're going to have the Lord suffer, but take some time now to ask God for forgiveness. Maybe for times when we did not look up to him. I know I had those moments. Ask him to remind you over and over again all the good things that he has done for you, because sometimes it's easy to forget when things are just going so terribly wrong. And ask him to renew you. So that never again would you spend a moment without worshiping him and honoring him and sharing his love with others. The fullness of the blessing of Christ. Not when everything goes wrong, but when he is glorified. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. God, because you are so, so good to us. God, not only do you save us and forgive us of our sins, God, but you are continuously and forever faithful, God. God, we know that you can do amazing things because we've seen them over and over in our lives. And God, it's not just when we are at a mountaintop waiting to see your face. But you are good even 
when we're down in the storm of the sea. God, may we take this moment now, this time before the new year, just to be reminded over and over of how good you are, God. Not just for our sake, but for the sake of those around us. That they may know you and love you because of how good you've been to us, God. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.